everybody, I'm Faith, and I have Down syndrome. But our podcast is not really about that exactly. And I'm Andrea. I'm friends with Faith. Our podcast is about conversations and connections. It's about how we are the same and how we are different. For each episode, Faith and I interview a different guest. Some of our guests experience intellectual and developmental disabilities, also known as IDD, and some don't. We talk about friendship, family, adulthood, and when it comes up, disability. Our podcast is called Everybody In because we are so interested in everybody. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. I'm Andrea Moore, one of your hosts for Everybody In, a podcast conceived and produced by The Wayfaring Band. And as Maya Angelou said, faith is the evidence of the unseen. And we have that evidence right here in the sound booth with us today. She is sitting right next to me. Yep, that's me. And I am Faith Vidrain. I am Andrea's co-host. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, thanks for joining us, everyone. Faith and I are super excited. Um, We've got a great show planned today. Uh, Faith, who are we chatting with today? Um, Jen Gunnan. Yes, Jen Gunnan. Now, Jen works for the Wayfaring Band and is helps out in the office. So we do already know Jen well, but we're really excited to kick it off with her because she's a really deeply interesting, kind person and it should be a good show. Uh, Faith, let's just talk a little bit about the format. Um, so you're going to take the lead with Jen. Can you tell us how, what you're going to do? Yeah, so I'm going to ask her some questions, and she's going to ask me some questions, so we're going to go back and forth. And do you know what she's going to ask you? No idea. No idea, right? She gets, she gets to surprise you. Right. So, yeah, Faith has prepared two questions for Jen and then Jen has prepared two questions two surprise questions for Faith and then we'll see what happens. Yes. You ready to get going? Yes. All I right, am. let's do this. Okay. So Jen, um tell me about yourself. Sure. Thanks, Faith. So I am working with the Wayfaring Band also. You are both my coworkers. Thank you. Thank you. I am here on a part-time basis right now. I work about 20 hours a week with the Wayfaring Band, and I help with administrative tasks. So whatever the band is working on and how I can support them is what I do. I am also a lead teacher with a program called Be Beautiful, Be Yourself. It's a collaboration between the Colorado Ballet and the Global Down Syndrome Foundation, where I teach ballet classes for young people who are experiencing Down syndrome. So I do that once a week. I wish we had more classes available, but I do that once a week on Monday evenings. And then I'm also a performer. I'm an old dancer, a choreographer, and a musician in a few different projects in town. Awesome. Nice. So, Faith, if you want, why don't you kick it off with your first question for Jen, and we'll see what else you can learn about each other. Okay, sounds good. Great. Um, So... um, so who is your best friend and why are they so special to you? That's a great question. My best friend is my husband, Andy Thomas. Um, he's so special to me 
because he's really caring. He's, um, he's confident and he's empathetic and we care about a lot of the same things. So we connect a lot with each other. Uh, we both really care about music. We care about the arts. We both really care about animals, which is important to me and to Andy. Um, and he's special to me and he's a good friend to me because, um, he supports me and he kind of gives me more confidence with things that I don't have confidence in. So I feel like Andy is a really good friend to me because he allows me to see myself the way that sometimes I can't see myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Faith, do you have anyone that that makes you think of in your own life when you hear Jen talk about Andy? Yes, I really do. Um, I relate to that very much. Um, thank you for sharing that information because I, I always feel the same thing with Connor as well. Your Every, fiance. Yes, my fiance. Um, I think everything what you said, I, I feel the same way as Connor. Cool. Um, I do believe he's my best friend too. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. And I feel like um, when I met Andy, we started our relationship with dating. And and then now that we're 10 years into being together, we're learning what it's like to also be best friends and what it's like to really be a life partner. Um, and I wonder, Faith, if if you were friends with Connor first before you started dating or if you started a more like a love relationship with Connor first? Um, I think we were friends at first um, because he and I are a part of our different programs together. Um, so like our first program was um, like a bar club or how he was the board of the director of the Wayfaring Band. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Um, and I think his mom did a program as well of UFO. So he and I really hit it off. Yeah. Um, I'm also friends with his sister because um, I went to camp because she used to be my counselor. Yeah. So. So I can imagine that you've you've seen some values in Connor as a friend that you really. Uh, that are really important to you that now you're ready for Connor to, well, you, he is your fiance and you're ready for him to be your husband one day. Yes. I always think that because when I was at my cousin's wedding, I was like imagining how it's going to be like. Mm. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Fun. Very cool. It's also neat to hear both of you talk about that and just realizing that sometimes the connection can start as friendship and bloom into romance. And sometimes it can start as romance and then kind of, you know, eventually deepen into, into true best friendship. I mean, that's not just any friendship. That's the best friendship, (laughs) which is super cool. Um, How great. I've learned a lot about both of you. What do you think, Faith? Are you ready to move on to the next one? Yes. Awesome. Should we turn it over to Jen? Please. Great. Okay. So... My question, now that we've already talked about our friends, and with this being a podcast on difference, um, my question for you is, what are some of the differences that you experience that make you feel 
confident and special. And how do you think about that when you're with your friends and your family? Well, um, my friends and my family, um, they're always there. Um, they made me feel very comfortable supporting. Um, I think it's great to have family and friends around me. Um, Can I ask a clarifying question? Yes, please. So, um, so, the, so the first part of your question, Jen, let's see if we can break that one down again. Would you repeat that first part? Sure, yeah. I was asking, what are the differences that you feel confident and happy with? So things that, just to make sure I understand, so things that maybe are different about Faith, but that make her feel special and right. cool. Yes. So are there some things, Faith, in your life that might be different from your friends or your family or your coworkers, things that make you different than other people that you think are awesome? Well, um, I really don't feel different with my friends or family. Hmm. Um, there's always the same because um, cause it makes me feel comfortable, loving, and comfort from my friends and family. Because mm-hmm. I, I really do feel like they're always there for me, and I just feel so blessed to have friends and family. Mm. It's always been um, normal, so... Mm-hmm. But thank you for asking that question. That's a good right. example of something that's the same, yeah. right? That's very cool. It's like just normalizing, right? That friends and family and the support that you feel. I wonder, Jen, if you could give us an example in your own life of a way in which you feel different. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So I feel different sometimes um, because I'm a woman in music and I feel surrounded by a lot of men in music. Um, And one moment, this has kind of two different perspectives. One moment that I will always remember is I was on tour with a band, a lot of folks in the band, 30 plus people touring all together. And we showed up at our venue that we were performing at that night. And the door person asked, are you with somebody in the band. So he assumed because I was with a big group of people, there were a lot of men and I was one of the only women in the group that I might not be a part of the performing group that I was just there as a guest. And part of me looks at that and feels different and Mm -hmm. feels a little offended that somebody might assume that I couldn't be a part of that group. Mm -hmm. Another part of me feels like it's a special moment for me to recognize, to see how maybe a lot of women feel this way and to experience something that maybe a lot of women experience on a daily basis. I feel really lucky to work with uh, people that that, uh, feel similar to me and that I feel welcome when I come into my workplace and... um, Maybe some women don't have that experience with their workplace or maybe even with their friends. So I felt like that was a, an experience that made me feel different because I was one in the only group that was a woman. And then it also gave me some perspective that this is something I can remember. And maybe I don't want to 
put that assumption on somebody else when I see a group of people that are different from each other. That's interesting. So did you get that faith? So it's like when she's with a big band, the guy at the door thought that she was like a girlfriend. They didn't think she was a musician because she's a woman. And so sometimes as a woman, people might not realize that she can also be a performer and a musician. So it's like being a woman in music is something it sounds like makes Jen feel different. Like there aren't as many women in professional music, I think. That's Mm -hmm. something that where women are still trying to literally rock the inclusion. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Working against the patriarchy in music. Um, But that I think you're saying it sounds that you feel like it's cool to be a woman in music. Right. Yeah. That it's a special experience still. And it's an important, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, that's music I want to listen to, right? I want to listen to music that represents my life and my perspective as a woman too, not about being a woman, but I just want to see a woman in that role rocking out. Right. So can you think faith of anything else in your life like that? So it could be disability, but it could be about being a woman or being maybe the only wild one, the only one who's outgoing and everyone, sometimes you're at a place where everyone's quiet or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you have anything like that that comes to mind? Um, I think part of my life is, is like also what Jen said about being a woman. Um, Do you feel like it's hard sometimes to be a woman? Sometimes, um, just only the part, you know, how women like us always get, you know, periods sometimes. Total drag. And <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Well, it's because I, every time when I get it, it feels like it sucks to be a woman. There, so. I, I get that feeling once a month too. I do I feel do like it, it sucks well. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I feel sometimes of being a woman. But do you ever feel also, like it's cool to be a woman? But I'm glad you mentioned that because it really does feel, you know, cool and it makes me feel like I can, you know, as a woman, just be myself as a woman, you know. And um, I was watching this TV show. Um, it was my sister's favorite show. Um But it showed a lot about women, you know, like females and everything. And she was, you know, so confident, very strong Mm. about being a woman and how she's a good kind of actress she is. And I think I was like, wow, I I wish I was like that. Mm. So you remember the name of the show? I think it's called Vikings. Hey, oh, yeah, okay. I know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see that woman and think that too. Yeah. I want to be that powerful. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's my sister's favorite TV show. But She's got good taste. Yeah. Um, but that's how I feel sometimes of being a woman or a lady. But mm. there's both between good or what really sucks. <laughs> mm. Yeah, you know, I can relate to this a little bit. Sometimes I feel like um, it's not because I'm a woman. It's just because I'm me. I have a lot of emotions. And I show that a lot when I participate in anything. I can feel really nervous. I can feel really scared. I can feel sometimes very confident. And I can feel uh, 
emotional in the way that it's going to come out in a physical form. Like maybe I'm crying or maybe I'm shaking because I'm nervous or something. And uh, sometimes I want to see that as being a source of power for me. Uh, that because I have a lot of emotions and I feel a lot, I can also be maybe empathetic towards other people or other creatures or uh, how other people might be feeling. So it's kind of like a um, like a superpower, you know, like I can really feel what that is when somebody else might be experiencing something, um, maybe even if it's not an experience that I've had before. And then sometimes I just think those emotions suck, you know? Yeah. I can see them as a really cool, beautiful thing. And then I can see them as something like, oh, God, I wish I didn't have to have this every month or five times a day or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But sometimes um, for me, how it feels like um, when my family talks to me, it really feels like, um, but I'm going to mention about my disability, but a part of that is like, um, like I can't, you know, how a woman always get pregnant mm. or something. It really feels like I can't because of my disability. Mm. And I don't know why my, my sisters keeps telling me I can't have babies. Mm. You know, I just... Every time when I see those kind of women, you know, it really feels like, why can I have a baby? You know, they're just, I know they're a lot of handle, but I can see the other side. So when you, thanks so much for bringing that up, Faith. That's, um. I didn't mean to bring that up, but I just want to share. that you did. So I'm really happy you brought it up. Um, you know, I, it's interesting you brought it up, too, with the three of us, because, you know, we're three women all in our 30s, and actually none of us have children. Um, well, I know that for sure. Well, yeah. and, and sometimes... I'm just saying, like, women in general. Right. right. But so, it's right. but I mean that, like, I actually... I think Jen and I maybe, and I'll let Jen speak for herself, but I can relate to the questions, I guess. Like, I don't always have the same feelings about it, but in the world, a lot of women our age do become mothers and they do have children. And I, I have not done that either. And so I have a lot of questions sometimes in my own mind about that. And so it's good to hear. Sometimes I can feel alone when I can like be traveling, for example, and I meet a lot of other women and I feel like I'm the only woman who is unmarried with no children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can feel really different about that. And so it's just is that including the women from Arizona you were with. When we went to Arizona on the trip? Yeah. And that she had children? Yeah. So sometimes Mm -hmm. when we go Arizona, I mean, and even if I go further away, sometimes when I'm traveling abroad to other countries, I can really notice that difference. Um, So, you know, as women, there are a lot of ways that we can live. That's true. And raising children is is one way. So when you imagine, Faith, for yourself, do you, I mean, so it, it, what you just said was that Sometimes you do imagine that you would want to have a baby. Is that how you feel about it? That it's you would want to be a mother? Yes. I, you know, for women out there in the world, when they have kids and if they're a mother, it feels like I want to be, you know, just like them, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I know they're, I know kids can be hard to handle with, but I, I can, you know, 
You think you you think you can handle it? Well, yeah, because I know it can get crazy sometimes, but um, sometimes they're you know cute, you know, yeah. and it really makes me feel like I want to have a baby. Hmm. So I wonder if this is something that I can relate to with uh, kind of how you how you said <clears throat> that. That sometimes when I talk to my family about this. Um, I get told, like, no, you can't have children. Because of the disability. Right. And I wonder if sometimes uh, it, it becomes like a question of choice. Like, is that really my choice? Or, oh boy, excuse me. This is the emotion I was talking about. Sometimes I feel I can I can relate to um, having somebody else make an assumption about you that that isn't isn't really you, right? Um, and so part of my story, Faith, is that I have a connective tissue disorder, and it's something that uh, affects my health a lot, and. Um, uh, I also have a heart condition that has caused me some issues. Um, so when talking about becoming a mother, I get really emotional because I don't know. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> I don't know if that's something that I've wanted or that I do really want. And I feel like the choice has been taken away from me. So I've had uh, some other people say, oh, you could never have a kid. Or um, like, why would you do that to your children? Some of, the, some of the things that I hear about, and this is mostly online, not from my friends or my family, but uh, with the connective tissue disorder that I have, there's a really good chance that if I myself had a child, the, the kid would also have it. Um, and some people might feel like this is a thing that we know about and we can cope with this in our bodies and our lives. And that would be our choice to make that decision. And then other people kind of put it on me that it would be not okay to do. And then it all of a sudden feels like it's not my choice anymore to decide if I want to have kids. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, what do you think, Faith? Does that make sense to you? Yes, I, I, I really do. Um, because I feel the same way too. Every time when I talk to my two sisters, um, they keep, you know, telling me I can't have a baby, mm. you know, because of my disability. And um, every time when they talk to me, it feels like I was like I get really confused sometimes and. And it was like, okay, <laughs> um, but it really feels like they're judging me about not having kids. Mm. Well, there's a couple things that are going. Like I know they're trying to help me and right. everything, but mm. they don't need to tell me that. Mm. So, well, there's a couple things I'm hearing that may be at play, and and one there are two questions. One about the disability is 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 it possible for your body to have down syndrome and have a baby 
and get pregnant. And so I think there's some confusion about this issue. I know that for myself, it's something that I need to re-Google because I remember hearing, and I think also there has not been a lot of social research around this issue. I think socially, the idea of parents with Down syndrome having children is something that um, our culture, we don't have a lot of spaces for families where both parents, you know, where parents have disabilities, there aren't a lot of supports set up in our culture to support that. And so I think you're right that not just your sisters, but I think there are a lot of other institutions and people and doctors who have some assumptions about disability, about whether or not you could be a good parent that may not feel fair, that may not be true. Well, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I'm really glad you mentioned that because I... Everything a part of me really feels like is not fair. You know, everything is not fair. For me, it's not. And that's why I feel so sad and angry. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I love my family very much. And I I understand they're trying to help me. But it's not okay for, for them to tell me to not have kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they can be hard, but... I, you know, every time, like, I'm really good with kids, you know? Yes. So a couple things that I just, I guess, want to offer also for people who might be listening and have some of these same questions for themselves. One thing that we can do together, um, just so you can get some more information from other people and not put as much pressure on just your sisters, right? Um, so like, Well, it will be nice. Well, right. We all feel that way about family from time to time. <laughs> But um, we also, thank goodness, we have family who yes. are willing to spend so much time and energy to help support us, right? So you and I can do some Googling, and that's a great resource for all people. Google is very important and powerful. But we can do some Googling to first see, let's see what, what we're talking about. Are we talking about the biology and anatomy, about what your body can do, Because there's two questions. One is, what can your body do? Can your body have a baby if you wanted, right? Yes. The second question is, let's say, you know, there's other ways to be parents. Having a baby from your own body is certainly not the only way to be a parent. There's also adoption. There's fostering. There are a lot of other ways to be involved in that, right? Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that because I, when we were in... London and Scotland, and I was like talking to somebody, one of our friends, and um, I think he was saying, you know, like you don't, like you don't need to be pregnant. You you can just do like adoption or something. Yeah, and and that's where we get into the area of our culture and our society, and because. To adopt a child, we have to have an agency or someone that says it's okay, and we agree Mm -hmm. that you're a parent who is fit. You're a person who is fit to be a parent. And one of the things I think that we think about a lot, or I do at least in my role with the Wayfaring Band, is how can we help raise some awareness? Like, I think there are a lot of people who haven't really considered that you might want to be a parent, that you might want to have a baby, and that even though, like you said, yes, it could be difficult and yes, you know, it's it's not it's not a casual thing to care for another small human being. But that doesn't mean that it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Right. And that um, but I think your sisters are also bringing up a good point that it's it's difficult um, because we don't have any social supports for that. So 
I think you've raised something that we don't have an answer to today. That's right. not, this isn't something we can have an answer. But what I love about this moment is that I'm hearing your voice loud and clear saying, hey, I want to be a mom. I want to have a baby. Yeah. So like, hey, world, get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel with my sisters. Well, so. and, and they're, you know, and your sisters know, I think they also have an understanding that the world also has some barriers that they want um, to help you. They don't want you to get stuck behind all these other barriers about being a parent. And so mm. I think, it, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like I give them a little credit for um, even though it's frustrating when when adult when you're an adult and other adults are telling you what to do. I, I think that's frustrating. And I think it's good that we're putting this out there as an issue because I'm like, hey, listen up, world. If you're listening to this podcast, like, listen up. Like, here is a beautiful woman with Down syndrome who wants to be a mom. Mm, and yes. um, so if 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 you're listening and you never before in your life thought that that was possible, then this is an invitation for all of us to open our minds and start thinking about, hey, where are we making it hard for Faith to be a mom? Right. Like, is there a way that we can change some of our social pieces so that you might be able to have more support than just your sisters? Right. Because you would need the support, not just of family, but of of the world. Yeah. Um, and that's where, as a society, I think we would have some work to do. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe the first question is to just let it be open. Do we or do we not want to have kids? You know, it yeah. can be our own choice, maybe. And maybe, yeah, it's your own choice, all of our own choice. And and you're also not the only one, right, Faith? I mean, yeah, part of what's I, I cool. Know that. <laughs> well, it's cool that you're bringing it up because by sharing it with us and not just your family, it's interesting to hear how it opens the store with Jen and like that she has a similar thing. People in her life being worried. They love her. They're worried. They're trying to help. But it also doesn't feel good when other people are trying to take away your choice. Well, and I I kind of feel the same thing, too, as Jen. You know, thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, you're welcome. Because um, I, I feel that way sometimes. You know, we're all cannot be, you know unfair you know because mm-hmm. um, for, for my life is not fair at all you mm-hmm. know everything is not fair mm-hmm. and that's why I'm so mad and sad and so I just you know I just don't like people telling me what to do mm-hmm. or telling me like it's not okay mm-hmm. um, like when my family you know if my sister is ever going to have kids um you can always be an aunt, you know? Mm. Like, I, I agree with them of saying, yes, I know I can't be an aunt, but why can't I be a mother? Mm. You know, you don't have a choice. What a great example of a microaggression. Right, right. right. <laughs> I mean, with love, I say this, but, like, that's a good example. A microaggression, right, being a time when someone thinks they're making a casual comment, but it actually has an aggressive, it has an impact that hurts. Um, and saying you can always be an aunt when someone wants to be a mother um, can be painful. Yeah, can be painful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is actually this what we've gotten into here with this conversation is a good segue into the second question on your list. Faith, you want to ask Jen the next question on our list? Uh, sure. And also before we move on, I just want to thank both of you for sharing your personal experiences around that, because I think a lot of women and, you know, and men, too. I mean, I think there's also, you know, there may be some people who are interested in being parents. But a lot of people could relate to this idea of just, like, wanting 
Well, can I more ask? More choices around family building, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. But I was going to ask, like, what you just say about the men, you know, is that including for the, you know, with gender-wise? Yes, that was good. That's actually, I was trying to make that adjustment in my language. Um, meaning, so men, women, people who are gender nonconforming, um, I think all people, there are a lot of people of all genders who are interested in being parents. And I think that they, uh, a lot of people maybe face some similar challenges that mm. if they don't have um, a partner of the opposite sex or if they have a different gender presentation, um, that that the world is not as interested in making space for them to be parents too. So I think actually that's a good example of a way in which we are more the same than different, that they're... Sometimes I think we can get stuck that a family has to look a certain way. Um, mm. And I think a lot of us in the world could benefit from a more broad definition of what a family could look like. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think we kind of, I think we got into a subject that feels really deep for both you and I. And I think we also touched on something that probably feels very real about both of us that sometimes feeling different. And and then having um, let me go back here. F feeling different can just make you feel um, like you're not heard a little bit like people maybe don't understand you because you're a little different. Mm. Really not what I mean. It's actually the perfect segue because listen to Faith's next question. Okay. Faith's right. next question I think is going to get mm -hmm. to the heart of like exploring this a little bit further, I hope. Great. So yeah. let's try that one. Um, do you ever feel like you left out from other people? Oh, okay. Right? Yes. Is that a little Great bit kind of segue. where we're getting into? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like I was saying before, I... I can feel different sometimes with the way that I um, react to things, with the way that I understand things, and because I have a different body. And this isn't a body that I um, grew up knowing that I was different. I, I didn't have a diagnosis until I was in my uh, mid-20s. So this is something that I'm in a very big uh learning season right now and a big shift in my life where I'm starting to identify and kind of own my differences. Um, and that's because of how they affect me, how I hold them, and it's how other people see me. Uh, so lots of times I feel different. I have to be pretty careful with what I do with my body physically now. And uh, I used to not have to be very careful. I was, uh, I grew up in a dance competition studio where I was super active with dancing. And um, I grew up feeling like a fit person that I could just do whatever I wanted to with my body. And now I, although I've presented myself for 30 years as this fit, capable person, I now have to uh, take a step back from situations sometimes and say, Actually, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can't lift that heavy thing or I can't uh, be that type of active for eight hours any longer. It's not a thing that I can do. So I feel left out when I have to explain that. And although I'm not mm -hmm. I'm not angry by that, I I see the assumptions people make about me and I'm not 
angry by any means. I have to be able to to speak my truth and say what I need in certain situations. But sometimes it still does give me the feeling of it's just a little reminder like, oh, you're different now. You have to you have to speak to your difference on an almost daily basis. Hmm. So, yeah, I do feel left out sometimes because of it. Hmm. Can relate to that, huh, Faith? Yeah, Yeah. I can. Yeah. Awesome. Let's take a break. The Wayfaring Band is not a rock and roll band, are we, Faith? Mm -mm. So what type of band are we? We are a band of travelers. Travelers, right. So the Wayfaring Band takes original, transformative adventures that include adults with and without cognitive and developmental disabilities. But anybody can come on a trip with us, right, Faith? Yes. Like who? Everybody. Like everybody. Yes. Well, as long as they're a grown-up. Yes. They have to be a grown-up because we work with adults. Well, an adult everybody an adult everybody so if you're an adult everybody you're welcome to join the wayfaring band on tour if you're a caregiver a student a teacher a professional an activist an interested adult everybody community member all of you are welcome to join the wayfaring band on tour and experience our culture of inclusion firsthand be a part of it how can they learn more faith learn more at www.thewayfaringband.com Welcome back. Should we hear what Jen's next question is? Yes, please. Great. Is it okay if it's based on that question? Of course. So, uh, Faith, I gave some examples of why I feel different with my body and having to be careful with it. Uh, Do you have moments where you feel different about things? And then do you find ways to share that with people? Um, Can you break it down for me, please? Yeah. So are there moments throughout your days where you notice that you're different? Yes, I do feel like I'm different. Um, You know, like different, like how I feel left out sometimes. Yeah. How is that? Well, like every time when I, you know, when I was in Chicago. um, And you just got back from Chicago, right? So this was a recent trip? Yes. Um, But every time when I see both of my sisters talking to each other back and forth, back and forth. It feels like they're not including me in their conversations, mm. you know, and it's not fair. You know, I wish I can speak up, but I don't know how to speak up because I don't know what they're going to say. Mm. Um, and the other part of being different is like everything is not fair, you know, mm. and I don't understand Hmm. Um, and that's why it hurts too much to think Hmm. Um, so I think I that's the only tool I have in mind yeah Um, but I do feel like you know being part of something you know like the wayfaring band or any programs I'm in or my family or my friends it really feels like I can be more be a part of you know Mm -hmm. um and that's why it makes me very happy and yeah 
always want to put a smile on my face. I'm yeah. like laughing. I have to interject only because I think <laughs> I'm it's really so, glad. I'm sorry. It's just because <laughs> you crack me up, Faith, that you started this whole conversation with like, I love my family. <laughs> I, I love the support that I get from my family. And I know that that's true. I know how much you love your family. And like so many of us, you're like, Can I'm I ask so annoyed. That's funny. <laughs> you're, it's funny because, oh, well, I ha- hold on. It's not the funny part yet. So you said you love your family. And then you also said, I'm so sick of my sisters talking back and forth and not including me. And it's funny, ironic in the sense that, so for me, I feel the same way. I love my family. I'm so close to my family. People who know the Moors, everybody, we are kind of like famous in terms of like what a tribe we are. Like a lot (laughs) of people know our family, right? But then like this weekend, my family is going on this big trip up to Grand Lake to the mountains and my mom started planning it months ago and she got a cute little cabin and like she invited all my siblings and all their spouses and all their kids and uh and you know months ago when she told me about it I was like I'm not going (laughs) she said why and I first I mean partly I have I have a block party thing on my street that I don't want to miss this weekend but but more than that I was like because I see you all the time. Like, I don't need to go to the mountains and hang out with you. I, we live in the same town. I literally live next door to my sister. I, you know, my mom lives two miles away. My brother lives, you know, not far. We see each other constantly. And so I'm like, I don't need to go be in a cabin and hang out. And and, and like, part of me feels really guilty about that because I, I feel I know how privileged I am to have a beautiful mm. family. And not everyone has that. Not everyone has family support, and that is super real. I feel so blessed. Like you said earlier, I'm really lucky that I I have that, and I and I appreciate it very deeply. And at the same time, sometimes I'm just like, nope, I'm not going on that trip. And I and I don't really offer an explanation. I'm just <laughs> like, you guys have fun. So it makes me laugh because when when I hear you talk about your family, I feel I connect with you. Because I hear you kind of like grumble about your sisters, you know, but I also hear you say that they love you and support you. And that feels true to me. And that's why I was laughing because I feel a connection with you about that. Yeah. Yeah. But back to what you were actually saying about being left out. You were saying like just sometimes, sometimes with family, sometimes. Well, like sometimes it can be both between families and friends sometimes. You know, I like I, I see that with, you know, with. My different providers, you know, they, they're always talking about their business and going back and forth all the time. And, you know, like like clients can be friends or providers can be friends. Well, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah, you put your finger on something that's really big in our world. So mm. when we talk about clients and providers in, in our world of disability, sometimes that means a client could be someone who experiences a disability Right. And a provider is someone who's running some sort of a service program to provide a, you know, provide a service to fill a need for that person. So do you feel like it's hard sometimes to create genuine friendships across those boundaries between a a client and a provider? I do feel more like every time I see them, you know, they're always talking about different things or how or like business or something they're always talking about um but it feels like you know sometimes they do talk to us sometimes but not all the time mm-hmm. so um like we're talking in the car or 
or when when we we get out of the car we don't talk mm-hmm. you know and it's like okay this is weird mm. you know like why why do you not talk to us do you not like us do you want to be friends mm-hmm. you know like one of my other providers she she like she lives not too not too far away from my house um she and i are like the same age um but she when we go with our different groups, it feels like they're talking back and forth, and it didn't make me feel so good. It just made me feel different. Left out. Mm. Right, which is yeah. what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think those power dynamics can be really tricky. Mm-hmm. And I think it could be hard to find ways for yourself to find resolve, to find a way to feel better about it, and and maybe speak up for yourself and say... I. I feel left out here. It can be really hard well, when you're, yeah. when you're feeling that way. Hard, you know, like it's hard for me to, you know, speak up a little bit, you know. I just don't know what they're going to say. Right. Yeah. And I don't think they understand about the need I have. Mm. It's interesting that you bring up that you want to be able to share a need that you have, right? I, I've learned a lot since working with the Wayfaring Band. It's only been since March, but... I I knew you all here before that. And I've I've learned a lot about what it means to ha- have mutual aid in a relationship and um know that you have special gifts and you have special needs and that this is a place that we can share all of those things. And sometimes it feels like it that conversation needs to happen first for you to know I can share my need here and I can tell you what I need. Sometimes it feels like it needs to be the director of the Wayfaring Band saying, no, this is okay that you have a need here or you have a gift here and you can talk about that here. Mm. You always have that space. And and it can feel hard when it doesn't feel like that's already a part of a natural relationship or it's naturally already a part of a relationship, excuse me. So then it's coming up with solutions so you can say, I feel left out when this is happening. Well, I, I, like, I wish I can tell her, but I just don't know what she's going to say. And she feels like I'm going to, you know, cry a little bit, you mm-hmm. know. I don't know how she's going to manage that. Well, and sometimes we have to take that risk, mm-hmm. right? That may not be something that that she doesn't want. It may be something that she would love and welcome. And so that's one of the things I think a lot about being an adult, Right? What does it mean to be a grown up? What does it mean? To well, I know what it means to be a grown up. You know, like it's like speaking for yourself or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in this case, this is a good example where it can be hard when we care about people and when we're worried about how they'll react. But it can be a good practice to try and take that leap and to say, "Hey, I want to share some of my thoughts with you," um, and just see what happens. You know, because sometimes what what usually happens to me when I have the courage to speak my mind, sometimes what happens is the other person says, I'm so glad you brought that up. I feel the same way or I didn't know you needed that. And Mm -hmm. and it's it's not always conflict. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not always bad. And it's okay, Like you said, you might cry and okay. (laughs) <laughs> I cry all day, girl. You know, we cry. It's like we, we do what we have to do in order to feel free. And if that means releasing our emotions, then we release them. We let them out. Well, yeah, I understand. It's just, you know, like a lot of people can be one of our 
favorite friends, you know? Well, and that's true too. That sometimes there are boundaries in place for a reason, Mm. right? And that is an important thing. And it's hard to learn. Mm. It's hard to learn boundaries um, for me, you know? Well, I'm doing a good job for boundaries too, you know? Like I'm really good at boundaries, you know, like staying away from that person and not think about it so much. That's great. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think it can be something that we all deal with. You know, it's not something that just one person's dealing with. I think we all deal with boundaries. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, I might want to meet a new friend and I might be like, oh, I really want to hang out with that person. And they aren't in a place where they have room for a new friend. Or right. it may be that I like, so for example, I, um, a couple of years ago was going to a therapist and I was having therapy like every other week. I and, have a therapist. Great. So, so that's the same. Boom. We all have <laughs> therapists. So when I first started think- seeing my therapist, something that was super strange to me that I had to get used to was that I'd be like, sh- I'd, she'd come in and be like, you know, so let's talk about how it's going. And my, my socialization is always, I'm always like wanting to say, how are you? Like, tell oh, me about your yes. life, you know? And she's like, we're not here to talk about my life. And she set that boundary with me of like, you don't get to know about me. You know, I could ask her, like, how are you? And she'd say, fine, let's start. You know, like, just Mm. no information. And as I got to know her better, there were tiny little crumbs, Mm -hmm. right, that she'd be like, oh, I just got back from a trip to blah, blah, blah. But we wouldn't get into, you know, how she's fighting with her person or partner. You know, I don't know anything about her in terms of those personal things. And so that's an example, sometimes with a provider, that's an example of where it may be like, wow, I don't know what's appropriate here, mm. you know, and it may not always be appropriate to be friends. And that's, mm-hmm. that's like in case by case, right. Is like having to figure out what those boundaries might be. Um, yeah. I'm getting a little just aware of the fact that we still have two questions left. Oh boy. Yes. I know. <laughs> I'm like, is that okay? So faith, you yeah, have one more. So you're going to look at your, your third question, faith. And let's ask Jen that one. Okay, um, everybody needs some help sometimes, but do you, what do you need to help with? Yeah, thank you. I, so I shared a little bit about my physical ability sometimes. Sometimes I need help. Some, physically, sometimes I need somebody to help me lift a thing or uh, get through this really busy part of my day if I'm feeling tired and I don't feel like I can walk that far any longer, things like that. I need physical help sometimes. And then sometimes I feel like I need emotional help and support. I need patience. I need um, some assistance with confidence sometimes. Sometimes I feel like I need to hear somebody say, Jen, you got this. Go ahead, do it, you know? So sometimes I feel like I, I need help with physical tasks. And then I need help with getting through some barriers that maybe have been set on me, but also maybe I have put up some, some things that I don't feel very confident or strong or powerful in. And I need some help with feeling better about it so I can get things done, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Any follow-ups, Faith? Any other questions about what Jen said? Um, well, <laughs> I don't want to mention this out loud, but when Jen was saying, like, you need help of, you know, walking fast or need to um, keep up with somebody, like, you need help with. Right. Um, but I was whispering to Jen, I was saying, 
You're pointing at me right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I see you pointing at me right now. So what are you trying to say? That I will basically drag you along? If you're not walking fast enough, I will drag you? Yes. That's true about me. Actually, that is well documented that it is true about me. (laughs) And what do I say when I'm trying to get everybody to hurry up? Well, like some people can have... Um, long legs. So, like, yes, what, yes, you're like right. what you do, you know, like, like, come on, like, hurry up, or, yeah, yeah. or if you're speaking French, I'm saying beep, beep, beep means go fast. Oh my, wow, you're speaking a little French on us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or like, like what you always do, like, like Michelle, like Michelle Obama, Michelle Obama. It's true. I do <laughs> say I scream Michelle Obama. Michelle, and the, Michelle, Michelle. The reason I scream Michelle Obama is because when we were at the Special Olympic World Games a few years ago, Michelle Obama was the keynote speaker. And we were going into the Coliseum in Los Angeles, and it was a huge space. It was surrounded by people, and it was wild. And I was like, come on, come on, come on. And then I was like, we're going to see Michelle Obama, everybody. Let's go. And I was like, come like, on. She's up. so excited. Like, let's do it. Let's walk like she would walk. That's how it all started. <laughs> and at the time, you know, Michelle Obama was like, and still is, like the queen of fitness. You know, it's all mm-hmm. about health and like being in the world and moving your body. And and so I was like, so now that's just become a thing. When I start, when we're on tour with the Wayfaring Band, I will often scream, Michelle Michelle Obama. Obama. (laughs) (laughs) And that means, let's go. We got to walk fast. Yes. Yeah, it's true. So you're right. Sometimes, and sometimes I need to be reminded that people need help and that we can't all walk as fast as I want to walk all the time. And believe me, I get that reminder every day with the way you're (laughs) And that's been really good for me. Um, Well, awesome. Should we turn it over to Jen's last question? Yes, please. Okay. So... Are there moments where you wish that people, I have a two-part question, Faith. Okay. Are there moments where you wish that people would ask you if you want help here? Well, speaking of my dad, <laughs> um, so I, I kind of, so I'm like really short, so which means I have short legs. Mm-hmm. Um, like my mom has short legs, I have short legs, so... Um, I can still walk fast, but like for my dad or my siblings, they have long legs as well, and so they walk fast. And every time when I like, like I'm trying to keep up or something, you know, like it feels like I need to help myself to um, to walk fast or something. Mm. And I keep saying like, "Dad, my feet hurts," and right. so he was he was telling me like, "Oh, okay." So mm. he would just grab my hand and just walk really fast. Okay. So. Yeah. So maybe having somebody say, can I help you walk faster? Yes. Do we, Either do we need a hand or do we need some Michelle Obama? Yes. <laughs> it feels like I'm having injury moments inside yeah. my head. So. Yeah. Uh, the second part to that question is, are there places, times, moments that you wish people didn't ask you if you needed help? Well, that will be really disappointing. (laughs) It would be disappointing if people didn't ask you. Yes. Can I give you an example of something that I'm thinking of? Um, um, Maybe uh, I'm having the type of day where I can get things done. It's just going to take me a little bit longer to do something. And sometimes I actually don't want somebody to offer me help. I want to have the space to be able to do something that I set out to do. 
So um, I don't want somebody to say, hey, Jen, can I help you here? Or do you need my help? I, I want the space to be able to do it on my own. So are there moments where you wish that somebody wouldn't ask you, Faith, do you need help here? Um, well, when my sister, Raina, for instance, um, she will come over on Saturday, and sometimes I do need some help, but sometimes I really don't need some help mm. to, you know, there's nothing to do, you know, I like, I don't need your help, Marina, you know, like, I'm just fine, mm-hmm. um, or, like, for my sister Maggie, for instance, like, I, I understand she's helping me, you know, pack my things, but I really don't need help mm-hmm. to pack my own stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, can I be independent to pack my own clothes? Mm. Can I be independent to pack my own backpack or something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and she keeps saying, like, how many markers do you want to color? And if she's like, I, I don't want bring little markers. I want to bring a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to bring a lot of markers. <laughs> I want marker freedom. Yeah. Freedom <laughs> for my to people bring now. all the markers. Yes, <laughs> I want to bring a lot of markers. So, um, so I'm just saying, like, why can I bring a lot of markers? And she's saying, well, you can't just bring a lot, you know. Mm. But, like, I maybe I just need some help for myself of saying like okay maybe i don't need to bring a lot of markers or i can do different things right so right maybe you can hear somebody's suggestions without thinking that they're they're trying to be mean or Mm. that they're doing anything other than just putting a suggestion out there yeah well my they're not trying to be mean sure they're just you know being very helpful and i am and I totally understand that, mm. you know, like I, there's different options, you know, like I can do different things. Like I can bring magazines or knitting. Mm-hmm. So mm. it yeah. is an interesting balance though, between asking for help and then getting it. <laughs> it's like yeah. sometimes, you know, or in, not needing to help. Right. Well, because sometimes we do need help. Right. And sometimes we don't. But then it's not always the same thing at the same time. Like sometimes I might need help doing something one day and then the next day I don't. Or I might not have needed some help with something yesterday, but then today I'm in a bad mood and today I do need help or whatever, you know, and it changes. And that's not just true for for like you, Faith. That's true for your sister. It's true for like Mm. me. It's true for, you know, the people we work with at the Wayfaring Band. Like when I'm in relationship with someone I am feeling my way about whether or not they're going to help me. But someone else, the person I'm talking to is also feeling they also have needs. Right. They also need help sometimes. And so I think that's where a lot of the time it can get sticky for me. Like I struggle. I don't, it's, it's gotten better for me, but when I was younger, I really, I never used to want help from men with like carrying things. And I used to feel really righteous about like, I can carry my own bag. Like, don't try and help me just because I'm a woman. I'm strong, blah, blah, blah. And now a couple things. I just, I realize, like, first of all, that when somebody offers to help me, they're not trying to take away my agency. 
They're not trying to say that they think I can't do something necessarily. Sometimes people are offering to help because they just want to help. Right. <laughs> and they want to be nice. And that's one of the ways. To help it feels good to help people. Right. And it's one of the ways that we can be kind and show our compassion and care for another human being. You know, it's just to say, hey, can I carry that for you? Or can I help you? I don't know. I, I, caring is such an easy way to think of it, right? right. It's like how he's just that kind of stuff. Um, but sometimes like if I have uh, a rough day or feel emotional or feel sad or tired or something, you know, then at work, you know, Kendall might say, Kendall, who also works for the Wayfaring Beyond might say, is there anything I can do to help you? Or if I'm super stressed about a deadline, she says, you know, is there something I can do to help make your day go faster or easier so that you can focus on what you really need to focus on? Um, and that kind of help is great. But it's a risk, right? I don't know. I think about that when I offer help to people. I think about, is this the kind of help that will be helpful or is it the kind of help that will be annoying? Right. And and we don't always have the answers and we have to try, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but it's pretty cool. Well, for my sister Marina, um, she's also struggling as well because mm. um, she... She just broke up her other mm. boyfriend, I think. Um, but she's struggling. Like she wants to talk to people. You know, I think my parents I've seen I think my mom is like really wanting my sister to date you know, date someone, mm. you know. And my mom is saying, like, why can't you just hurry up and date someone and get Mary, have kids. <laughs> <laughs> We're back full circle, right? Like, Till the children come. Well, that's interesting. And so do you mean, Faith, that you think that might be the kind of help that Marina doesn't need? Well, I think she doesn't need help of talking because she, she knows what to say mm-hmm. and how she's feeling. Yeah. So I think she does a good job for doing that. Um, and she might just need some space for her heart to heal and for her to get to make her own decisions about that stuff right you know and she she can always talk to me you know like sometimes we see each other on saturday sometimes we do something fun and so it's not like things we can work on yeah but just doing something fun Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. cool yeah Mm -hmm. Well, friends, I think we've covered a lot of ground. I feel yeah. awesome about our conversation. Yes, me too. Do you feel like we've all, I mean, Faith and Jen in particular, do you feel like you've gotten to know each other a little bit better? Well, I do. I do too. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for the time. Because every every time when you and I talk about feelings, emotions, uh-huh. it really feels like I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We share a lot of the emotions. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So... And I know it's corny to point it out because it's, you know, the theme of the show and everything. But as I'm I'm reflecting on the conversation we've had and I, it, for me, it is so clear how much more alike we are than different, mm-hmm. you know, that that's, and that just gets reinforced for me again and again. I mean, we're three, again, adult women in our thirties sitting in a sound booth, having a conversation <laughs> like, of course, we're going to have more in common than not. Right. Yeah. You know, our experience is going to be mostly the same. Three American women who are grown-ups, like, you know, we're going to be encountering a lot of the same things in the world and um and for me it's just powerful to have that reinforced. So, yeah, it's I been agree. a privilege. So, thanks. Thank you. So, Jen, thank you for being here. It's great to have you. Thank you, Faith.
Thank you. And thank you both. And that is it. We have had a wonderful session together and I am delighted that we were all able to be here. So thanks everyone and tune in next time. Everybody In is sound engineered by Karen Hibner with original music by The Dosage. It is produced by The Wayfaring Band, a Denver-based 501c3 nonprofit specializing in life skills and leadership training through travel for adults with and without disabilities. Be sure to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you for now. Talk to you for now.